Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Is when you're on stage, you can misread a crowd. You almost always misread a crowd. Mm. It's so easy to misread a crowd because you'll be up there and, you, and, and this is like something that being in punk rock bands like kind of screwed up my perception of crowds because in No Use for a Name, a good show was when the whole middle of the crowd was going crazy and it was a big pit and people yeah. were just destroying each other. And it was so hard, even like transitioning to Foo Fighters, where that's not the dynamic at our yeah. shows, you know what I mean? Much less my solo thing, where it's very much not the dynamic, is like this thing of like, if people aren't losing their shit, yep. oh, they must be, they must hate it, yeah. you know, they, they don't like what we're, you know what I mean? And you're almost always wrong. Because it'll be like, you could have your worst, you, what you sort of, what you perceive as your worst show, and then that's the one that people come up to you and are like, that was my right. favorite show, or what, you know? It's that sort of overriding that insecurity in your brain is really hard to do. But when you can do it and really be in the moment, it's just that's that's sort of the, the happy space. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Yesterday we got to sit with Bernie Taupin. Uh, oh, are you familiar uh, with, he wrote all of Elton's. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah just. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know him personally. Yeah, of course, yeah. Is, yeah. We spent a bulk of the conversation talking about record, you know, when they would get these bootleg records and they would open them up and it was so exciting. And I was saying this morning to my boyfriend, I feel like, I've been trying to figure out what is maybe missing from kind of the next generation of musicians. And I don't know if this is a wild statement, but it's like, it's that. 
it's the fucking love of the music. Mm. It's the, you started out getting all of these different genres. You started out, you know, if you were coming up in the 60s or the 70s or when you came into music where you were exposed to a bunch of different sounds and you wanted to try this and you wanted to try that. And it feels like kind of what you're doing right now in that you're doing uh, you're doing albums and you're making music by yourself that's a totally different sound than what we would have seen mm. from you inside of a band before sure. so did all of this start with an intense love of music did you fall into it like how did you get here oh yeah i mean i was obsessed when i was a kid and um and and was lucky i i have older brothers and my older brothers were also music obsessives and played guitar and bass and cool. so music was just always around like you know that was like as compared to like you know probably a lot of normal families where you maybe you're into sports or whatever you're into um it was just music in my house and it was like that you know, for, for the, my earliest memories or rooting through my brother's record collection wow um but i think what records? you what you sort of opened with there what you what you touched on i think is a really interesting thing and I try to resist getting into that, you know, that the old man and get off my right. lawn kind of mentality. <laughs> but one of the key differences, I think, with like the time that I grew up to versus the time that my kids grew up and the way that they uh, consume music or access music. And my kids are all really into music. I think music obviously is, it will always be a powerful thing for people's lives. But when we were kids, you, you didn't have access to like all the music that's ever been created at, you know exactly. on your phone or whatever so it forced you i don't know i i i don't know if this is good or bad like what i just know the way it was for me yeah i would if you would save up some money you'd go get a record and even if it was not that great you still sort of knew every nook and cranny of it because it was, you know, you. It's what you had. Because it's what you had, <laughs> and you weren't going to get another one yes. like the next day or what, yes. you, know, you know. So, so, I do think that everything being so immediately available has some kind of impact that maybe, maybe from my perspective or your perspective yeah. is negative. Maybe it's not if you're thirteen. Yeah, it's like maybe it's great. I don't 100%. know. You know, like I try not to be too like judgmental about no. that kind of stuff. But but it is really interesting to watch. Like I noticed that my kids and their friends, they can't get through a whole song. Whereas when I was a kid, you put the record on side one, you played it till it was over yep. and you flipped it over and you listened to the whole thing. Yes. It's just different. It's different and it's not wrong. Right. But I do think, incidentally, this is exactly what we talked about yesterday, is that it's so easy that it's almost less special. Yeah. You know, it's exactly what you said, like uh, that you would save up your money, you go to the store and you'd have to decide like, what's the one yeah. album yeah. I'm going to buy right now because I can't yeah. have all of them available. And if you were into like, you know, underground music, there was also like, that was much less available. Mm. So, you know, you had like, to work for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and, and I remember so many times you, you mentioned bootlegs too buying records i didn't even understand were bootlegs until i got them home and i'm like what is this <laughs> terrible you know but you just you know it was the only you know whatever it was that you were looking for that was available at the record store in your town and so you bought it yeah and 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 even those records i listened to front to back and know i'm like the back of my hand yeah, even if it was like a yeah. boombox recording of sid vicious in a <laughs> club in new york city or something that's like basically unlistenable i yeah. still you know because i had bought it it's know? funny i i've forgotten that 
how you would listen to albums over and over and over so that to this day, if I hear a certain song, I'm expecting the next song on the record to yeah. show up, even though it's on the radio and it's going to go to a completely different artist. I'm sure. expecting the yeah. order that it was when I listened to it. As a yeah, kid. and it also ties into like you immediately sort of feel what you were feeling yeah. when you were, you know. Absolutely. 15 years old or whatever when you discovered it. What are some of those albums that when you were a teenager, you were going through your brother's records that are like instrumental for oh you? Oh my God. Well, it starts way earlier than being a teenager. I mean, I always say my first earliest memories are my brother's Stones, Beatles, and Elvis records. Yeah. You know, those were the ones that, that I just remember not, you know, I remember listening to them. First off, I never had control of the stereo when I was a kid. So I was just going to listen to whatever my brothers were going to listen to. It was never my mm -hmm. choice, you know yeah. what I mean? So those records, like, soundtracked my, my childhood for sure. But um, but I also just remember, like, the physical, you know, what the, 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 the album cover looked like and felt like in my hands and pulling out that thing of, like, pulling out the sleeve. Yes. Did it have pictures? Did it have lyrics? You know, what's inside? You know, that, that whole thing. Um, but it's certainly those, like, those records... When I get a little bit older, I remember the day my brother Scott brought home the first Kiss record that came into my house, and that was huge, you know, and that like set the tone for a long time. Right, you know, like, we everything about them was so different. Yeah, especially yeah. when you know I think about that. I was probably it would have been like 1976. I was probably like five years old. Okay. Or whatever. It's like the perfect yeah. time to, to you know the fire breathing, yeah. blood and yeah. smoke and <laughs> you know, fire and all that stuff. So um, Kiss was a big one. All the just basically all the classic rock stuff you would expect. Deep yeah. purple. Um, I literally Aerosmith. was wearing my deep purple shirt this morning. I can't believe you just said that. Yeah, oh, nice. I got too high. I took it off. It's funny. We were playing a gig <laughs> the other. I was playing a gig up in Santa Cruz with my solo thing last weekend, and there was a dude sitting front and center that had like a homemade deep purple shirt on. Right. Like, Whoa! You don't see that too yeah. often. Yeah. You know. Um, I know I found it in a vintage shop in Nashville and it was so rare. Yeah, nice. um, and a good friend of mine, her dad was John Lord. Who, oh, yeah, really? yeah. Oh, so wow. I, I, when so I saw it, I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, I got to get this. And for Amy, I wanted to show her. But yeah, now I, all the time, people like, it's a very specific person that'll be like, yeah, I know yeah. what that is. Uh, but yeah, sorry. Deep so purple, all that stuff. Yeah. And then as the years went by, you know, things began to evolve into, you know, heavy metal and it was Judas Priest and it was Iron Maiden and it was Motley, Motley Crue was a yeah. big one. Um, Ozzy, those first couple Ozzy records in particular, Randy Rhodes, his guitar player on those yeah. records, huge influence. Um, and then eventually, you know, as I, as I got into like high school um, and started playing in bands, I grew up in Santa Barbara, so not, not too far away from here, but far enough away that we didn't have the same, you know, sort of access to. There was like a whole L.A. club rock scene that we would come down and, and go to shows, but we didn't have that up there. So up up where, where we were living, the other bands you were being exposed to that were just local bands playing around at parties and, and stuff were all, it was all thrash metal and punk rock. You know? oh, and so cool. that became an influence too. So you started, you started in bands in high school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My first gig was my ninth grade talent show. Oh, and what did you perform? We did two Kiss songs. Nice. Just to bring it back to that. Yeah. yeah we Were did... you in costume or you? No, okay. we didn't. We didn't. I mean, a, a sort of a costume. I mean, I was about this tall, and my hair made me about six foot. Nice. You know? Nice. Yeah. Lots of Aquanet. You know. Yeah. Ultra hold. How cool. Um. No, and then tenth grade really started playing a lot more. 
in bands. Cool. And then just, you know, never quit. And at what point did you actually start to make money as a musician? How old were you? Oh my God, not for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so before that, you're just like a dirt um, bag, like rolling around doing no, gigs, I was, or you're uh, working. And I, I was, I was never one of those people that was like living off, you know, sleeping just on couch the floor. Surfing. Yeah. I mean, I did a little couch surfing. Don't get me wrong, but, um, but no, I always had a job. I. I basically, I was the worst student in the world, dropped out of high school at the beginning of my senior year, just kind of dicked around yeah. for, you know, that would have been fall of 88. When my birthday came around in May of 89, my mom one day just said, you know, now you have to get a job. Yeah. So I got you a job. My mom was a probation officer. She oh, just okay. basically made me go, she got me a job at the probation department. Oh, wow. As a clerk. Um, in the records room, which was hilarious because I would like be like, you know, look up my friend's records. Right. Whoa, you know. um, <laughs> but um, and and it's it's funny that that job was really uh, it was an important moment for me because I figured out that I actually had a work ethic. Like I wish I'd figured that out a few years earlier and applied it to school. Um, but I didn't. And and uh, and and that sort of set me down the road of low-level clerical work for, you know, the for the rest of my working uh, life. But I didn't start, I didn't, I wasn't, and I lived in L.A. for about five years or so and played around town and never really got anywhere, never got a record deal, never did anything like that. And then I moved up to San Francisco in 95 and I wound up joining a band called No Use for a Name. And that was the first time I was ever in a band that was, that was, that I kind of made a living. Okay. Didn't make a living all the time. But when we would tour, you know, you'd make a little bit and, and we made records and stuff. And and so I would sort of like go on tour and come home with a little money in my pocket. And when that ran out, I'd just go get a job at the coffee shop or yeah. delivering pizzas or whatever. And I did that up until 99. And then that's when I joined uh, Foo Fighters. And how did that come to be? That came to be because they had made the, the their guitar player had left when they were beginning to work on the third record. And they made that record as a three-piece. But when they were getting ready to put it out and go on the road, they wanted to add a second guitar player. You know, they'd always have a two-guitar yeah. player uh, set up. So, and were they they were well known at this point? Were oh yeah, like I mean that was like the that was the the, it, the they had just made their third record. So you already had you know the first two with like you know Monkey Wrench and Everlong yeah. and This Is a Call and all those songs you know Big Me all that stuff. So they were yeah from where I was standing they were like yeah. one of my favorite bands. And, were you nervous? Oh yeah. <laughs> So, so nervous, yeah. How Absolutely. do you, um, do you, I hate this word for you, but did you audition? Or yeah. Not? Okay. I auditioned twice. Oh, wow. And yeah, what's there that was, like? They had like a week of auditions, and I auditioned at the front end of the week and came back at the end of the week. Okay. A, and the second audition was was more extensive. The first one, we just played a couple songs and You just like jam? No, they sent they sent me a cassette tape of which songs to learn oh, for the audition, and then for the second one, you know, I had just been saying I learned as many of their songs as I as you know, which was only the first two albums at that point. Um, but I just learned like as many of them as I could, and went back in and we and we played a bunch of them the second time. Got it. And then found out I got the gig the next day, and then we played our first show. The first show I did with them at the Troubadour over here was like that Friday. Wow. And then we left on Monday and went on tour. Whoa. Yeah. 
So very fast. Yeah. What did yeah. that feel like for you? Just sort of jumping in. Yeah. 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 Was it the most fun or was it like, holy shit, I don't know what it I'm doing? Both. Yeah, yeah okay. it was both. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it was, it takes a while. You know, I didn't know the guys in the band. It's obviously, you know, in any kind of new situation, it, it takes a while to find your feet. But it was really the same exact dynamic as when I joined No Use for a Name. It was just uh, on a bigger level. Because yeah. when I joined No Use, same thing. They had a tour that they were leaving for on a Monday. I auditioned for them on a Thursday. I didn't know them at all. Uh, I mean, yeah. I knew their music. I knew who they were, but I didn't know them personally. And you just got in the van, and we got to know each other, just you know, rolling down the highway and yeah. playing shows. And it was the same thing with, uh, with Foos. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash hosting. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal. Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas? The food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's 
traveltexas.com slash get your own. What year was that? Or For Foo Fighters yeah. or 99? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So 99, yeah. the world's about to end. All the clocks are about to stop. We're <laughs> right. worried. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you guys went on tour for, was it like a world tour? You jumped into something that big or? Yeah, I mean, literally the first thing we did, I mean, and this was like, a, you know, something I had never experienced. In a band like, like uh, at Foo Fighter level, you go on a promo tour. You know, oh, okay. and the promo tour is not a regular tour. I, we never did that at New yeah. Year's for a name or any band that I was in. You know what I mean? I didn't know what I never heard the term promo before. Um, but promo tour is going out and doing press ahead of the album's release. Oh wow! So, okay. And it, which was really interesting because, like, uh, you know, I I hadn't played on the record and had really nothing to offer to any of those interviews. So it was like going to Foo Fighter school. You know what I mean? I would just sit there, just like this, you know, but I'd be like over there sitting there like drinking coffee, just listening to them talk and like learning, you know, the history of the band That's and, you know, all the all the stuff. So so it was a lot of press. It was like you'd go play on. I remember we went back east and did some stuff and then we went to Europe and did a bunch of promo stuff over there. And then we flew down to Australia like I'd never been to Australia. And it was all sort of like promotional stuff, radio stations, TV shows press all that kind of stuff and then there'd be like small gigs kind of peppered in you do like what you call underplays you know nice. um and that was how i kind of figured out being in the band did you have a life back home wherever back home was or you were able to pick up and go and just like i wasn't peace? married i didn't have kids yeah. i didn't have a mortgage i didn't yeah. you know i really had nothing yeah, so you, you know yeah cool. i was i was like you never met somebody that was more excited to be on the road i never wanted the road to end yeah. back then you know yeah. Did you ever have you ever hit a point in your career where you're like, all right, I need I need a break. I need well, to I, not so much like I need a break because we're pretty good about not um, running ourselves ragged. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. And, and and the interesting thing with with our band is that not exactly at at the same time, but we all kind of followed the same trajectory of like getting married, having kids, and all that sort of thing. Similar so, seasons. Of yeah, life. and yeah. like all our kids and families come out you know in the summertime and on whatever touring we're doing so like if your family's out with you so you don't you know that's true you miss your cat yeah. but it's not the same thing <laughs> you know um and uh and we never really are out for more than a couple weeks at a time so it's it's manageable and like you know with my kids like that's the only life they've ever known that's true so it's not like they ever knew anything you know i was always had this weird job and and then when you're home you just make the most of being home you know yeah. 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 I have uh, my boyfriend's a tour manager and has been for 20 plus years. And he is the most present human I've ever met. Mm. He's so good about being exactly where he is, yeah. uh, which is something I've learned a lot over the years with him of because he just he had to almost like turn it on and turn it off. Like he's on the road, he's managing a million billion things, come back, be with your family, connect, and then you're going to have to go back and do it again. Yeah. So it is a very special kind of person, I think, that can live that lifestyle for decades. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not for everybody, yeah. you know, but yeah. At what point did you start to, I'm sure you've always made your own music, your own sound, but what? at what point did you really start to lean into doing solo stuff? I didn't really always make my own music. Oh, you know really? I mean? it's, it's interesting. I, I think back to like when I was like in my high school bands and stuff, and I'd like tried to write a couple of songs and they were really bad. And I think I was just like embarrassingly bad, kind of bad. And I just don't 
like, I don't know. I, I look back at that time and I think, God, I wish I had kind of started down that path a little sooner, but I didn't. And it wasn't really until I was always just the guitar player in whatever band I was in. And it wasn't until towards the end of being in No Use for a Name that I first started, like, you know, got a four track and recorded some ideas and tried to work out. Just even the, like, I, it was a weird thing because I'd been playing music for so long, but then I'd sit there and go, like, how do you write a song? How do people do that? Yeah. How do you just pull a melody out of the air? And, you know, how do you write lyrics? And how do you put, you know, it was just kind of this mystery. And it wasn't until it was around, I don't remember exactly. I had a band called Jackson United that started as just kind of a solo thing that I gave a band name because I didn't want to just call it Chris Shiflett, yeah. you know? And that would have been like 2002-ish. I think I really started to try to like, not just have a little idea, but complete a song, you know, and record it and yeah. put it out and uh, and then go out and play some shows. And, and you know, once I did that, I, I kind of had that realization that a huge part of songwriting, good or bad, is finishing it God, and letting like it fly. A book. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. And and that just kind of that just kind of kicked that off, and then I never never stopped. And has it always been this sort of California country? Is it like because it's a different sound than you would find within the band? It was not not with the Jackson United okay. stuff. Yeah, no, that that was definitely more sort of like alt rocky or or whatever. But um, it was when I was in No Use for a Name, the singer for No Use for a Name, Tony Sly, who has uh, sadly passed away a few years ago. He was really into all that stuff, the alt country stuff of yeah. the of that time period, and he's the one that turned me on to it. I mean, I always liked old rock and roll and rockabilly, and and I liked old honky tonk music when I heard it, but I just didn't was never into it and didn't know even where to sort of begin. So that kind of set me off listening to you know whatever it was, Uncle Tupelo, and and um, which led me to maybe probably like Steve Earle and Lucinda Williams and stuff like yeah. that, and that led me back to. Buck and Merle and Waylon and all all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. The, when I was originally looking into all the most recent music, they were like, "Oh, Chris," and he has this thing, and they were like, "You know, we don't know if you're." I'm like, "I grew up in Bakersfield." So oh, Buck, you did? Yeah. So oh, Buck I just Owens played there was, the other night. Did you? Was yeah. it awesome? It was the best Bakersfield show Good. I've ever had. Good. It's always I love Bakersfield because I've been obsessed with like yeah. the Bakersfield. Sound yeah, the for Bakersfield years. sound. So I love going up there and playing, but I've never. It's always like it's hard to sell tickets, you yeah. know. I mean, it's hard to sell tickets anywhere. Anywhere. But like, for the first time, I sold out a show in Bakersfield. Cool. And that was Where'd like, you play? Uh, there's a spot up there called Tembler uh, Tembler Brewing. Okay. Yeah. I haven't I haven't done something there in so long. So it's right next to the Crystal Palace. Yeah. It's on that. I think yeah. it's on Buck Owens Boulevard. Got maybe, it. Or okay. right, you know, right in that yeah. area. Yeah. So it was great. Good. Good, good time. Good. Yeah, yeah I saw. Uh, Probably a couple of weeks ago, I don't know why it popped up, but that you were, I think you were playing in like Venice or something. Yeah, Venice West. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, dang, we should go. And then I was like, I it's eight o'clock on a school night. Like, I can't, <laughs> right. I can't yeah. make myself. Yeah. I was like, I'll just know the feeling. Yeah, I'm like, I I'll hang out feeling. with him. Yeah. That's a funny LA thing. And yeah. then, like, you know what I mean? Like, because where I live on the West Side, if my friend comes through town and plays in Silver Lake, I'm like, Dude, that's like I could. I it'd be quicker for me to drive to Ventura from where I live. <laughs> like you know, what I mean, and, yes. it, and it's Wednesday. Yeah, you come know on. I mean? yeah, yeah, it's, it's gonna take so me an hour true. and fifteen minutes to get there. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen any shows in the last like year that you were just like, "This is the best"? <sighs> or have you? Been I kind of have that so feeling much? every time I go see. Like, I was so into. I, you know, when I was younger, especially when I first moved to LA and 
was living in San Francisco after that. I mean, I was out every night oh. seeing bands, you yeah. know, and, and and that was that was just kind of my life. It's that I'm my life is so different now. Yeah. You know, it just isn't that. Like having kids turned my whole my sort of you know, it's, it's like I'm on a dad schedule yeah. for probably forever yeah. at this point. You know How what old I mean? Are your kids? Uh, my oldest is about to turn 20. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then I got a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old yeah. as well. Yeah, okay, so, so you're in the upper. Yeah. You're getting yeah, there. We're, getting yeah, we're, we're, you know, oh. my, I've got a 10th grader, an 11th grader, and a sophomore in college. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, every time I go see a show, I'm always like, I need to go see more live music. Man, yeah. that's fun. Yeah. And then, like, you know, six months go by. And, and you're like, I'll dig it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we saw yeah. Uh, Chili Peppers this year, uh, and it was it's my favorite I've seen in a really long time. Oh, and right this on. is why I go back to this, like, I, this is the old man get off my lawn thing, <laughs> is that I, and I'm sure the audience is tired of hearing me say it, but I'm just like, but who is the next? Like, what's the next? Like, are we still making, are we still doing that kind of thing? Are we still, will there be another Foo Fighters? Will there be another Chili Peppers? Will there be another Metallica? Yeah, like, but I just don't think it's going to sound like any of those bands. Right. You know, you know what I mean? Because everything evolves. Yeah. I mean, you know, to my kids, my kids think about, you know, to them, their Motley crew is Playboy Cardi. Right. You know, or whatever. You know but what I mean? but so, will, yeah. the, will the people who are popular today be relevant in 20 years. Oh, yeah. I'm sure because our kids are going to be our age. You're right. And they're going to be sentimental about it. And they're going to yeah, be the ones going to those shows. And it'll be like package tours. Of, right. You know, right. It'll You're be, right. It'll be the same thing. I know. You know what I mean? People always need music. It's just not going to sound like it. The music we listened to didn't sound like what my grandma listened to. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. And, and believe you me, she let me know. Yeah. Uh, often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market, because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash Rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash Rach. Thrivemarket.com slash Rach. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. 
Discounts not available in all states and situations. When you started working on, is it is it a whole new album that you have right now? Yeah. So yeah. what we it's a convoluted story because I I didn't even want to make a record because I've just noticed for like you know my solo stuff is like it's pretty small level and I and when I put out records you always this sort of modern thing of you put out like focus tracks leading into the record and every time you're putting out single tracks you know then you have something to come talk to you about or yeah. whatever and the minute you drop your album it's kind of over. Um, and I think like albums, like, of course, I like an album, you know, because I'm old. <laughs> um, but, uh, but the album as an art form, when you're not an, a very established band, I don't think really works that well anymore with just the way that people listen to music nowadays. Yeah. So I didn't want to make an album at all. I set out to, I was going to record two songs, just go to a bunch of different producers that I wanted to work with and do two songs with this person, two songs with that person, whatever, and just put out single tracks. And I went out to Nashville and I recorded four songs over a weekend. The first two I did with with a producer named Vance Powell, who's great. And the second two I did with my friend Jaron, from, um, from, who's the singer-guitar player in a band called Cadillac 3. He produced. And those two, there was just something about them that really, it just kind of like, they were sonically a little bit different than what I'd done before. And they, I don't know, they just they just jumped out at me. And I just thought, you know what? Like, we should just chase that down. And that whole go record with a bunch of different people turned out to not really be even like, I was sort of trying to do that. And then with my schedule and other people, it just was m more trouble than, than I could actually pull off. So I wound up going back over the course. That was in 2021 right before that recording session was right before sort of touring began to open back up. So did that. Then we talked about, well, that's actually like make out the whole record. But then he got back to touring. I got back to touring with Foo Fighters. Things got busy. So then I went back out there, you know, a few months later, did a, I think we did five songs the second time. And then it wasn't until maybe early fall that I got back out there and did another three and then we had 10, you know, then, and even, and I would go out there and record basic tracks and then, and, and vocals, but there would still be a lot of work to do. And I'd be so busy and he'd be so busy. Like it would just sit there for a little while. And then I'd, I'd crack it open at our studio out here and I'd add some stuff to it and tweak some things and send it to him and he'd tweak some stuff. And we just kind of passed it around until we got it done. So it was a weird way to make, we ultimately made this full length record, but it took about a year from start to finish. Was that like a cool vibe though? Because it wasn't rushed and crazy? Totally. Yeah. yeah. It, it was rad. great because you could, you just, it's like kind of the freedom of being fairly obscure. <laughs> it's yeah. like, there's no, nobody's like, you gotta write that next hit, yeah. you know what I mean? Let's go. It, it was ultimately a great way to, to do it because I got to really make whatever changes I wanted to make, re-record the guitar solo 10 times till you get the one you want, you know, and kind of live with it a little bit. And, and, um, and I mean, there's, I it, it's funny, like, I remember we were working on one of the songs and he, he called me up and this would have been like, I think the summer of 2021. And it was the first time I got COVID. So I was up at, we have a place up in Santa Barbara and I was up there alone, just trying not to trying get to my live. family sick. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? And um, and he was like, man, I, I I need you to record that, you know, that first half of the guitar solo on an acoustic guitar. And I was like, I, I'm at my, I'm like, I don't have microphones or a studio or anything with me or even a good acoustic guitar. Like, I can't get to it right now. And he's just like, just record it on your iPhone. 
And so I did. I just recorded. It, it's, I've never done that before. I just set up my my computer, played the song back, played it on this little toy acoustic guitar on my iPhone, sent that to him, and he dropped it in the track. And that's oh, what you hear on the cool. record. You know, what I mean, it was there's some it, wacky shit like that. You yeah. know that that we that we did because we weren't. It just wasn't the conventional. Nothing wrong with the conventional way of making records, which is how I've always done it. But it wasn't go out to Nashville for two or three weeks and just boom, 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 right. get it done. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah so it was, it was fun. I'm I, like, I'm really happy with the result. But I, w- I also didn't want to, I still didn't want to put it out as a full length record. I just wanted to put out each track as its own thing. And then maybe after a year or so, package it together. But my label was like, no, that's a stupid idea. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, <laughs> do like, and no. Don't do that. So yeah. we we were putting out four songs. So it's kind of seems like the record's already out, but it's not. Like we got one more song to come out, then the record comes out in October. Cool. Yeah. And then you're fitting in shows and gigs for this album yeah. in between. Because are y'all on tour right oh, now? Oh yeah, no? we're like just starting a lot okay. of Foo Fighter okay. touring. Like these next, you know, I don't know when, yeah, how exactly how far out that's going to go, but okay. yeah, we're doing a lot. So I've just been kind of doing shows in the cracks yeah. here and there. Like I did a UK tour in the spring, like during spring break. Just did these two weekend runs around the West Coast, and I'm going to do like a, a acoustic couple acoustic gigs when we're out in Chicago and I'm going to play like the night before ACL down in Austin, you know, just oh, some wow. kind of like, especially, and I've kind of gotten into doing this in, in, in recent years, like, you know, we tour a lot, but we also have a lot of nights off. Yeah. So I'll like book a little, like, you know, cool. play like the 200 cap room, just solo yeah. acoustic. Cause yeah. you know, otherwise I'm just sitting around in my hotel room. You can kind of yeah. kill two birds with one stone. Where is the ACL night before ACL? Cause I told you I'm going. I'm oh, you're going to, like oh. literally going. Oh, right I mean, on. I love ACL, but I'm going because I've never seen you guys perform live. Oh, cool! It's like yeah. bucket list for me. Yeah, it's it's. I'm playing Antones okay. uh, on the on October sixth. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you guys are on Sunday at ACL. I'd have to look. I, I think. I've, I think I, know, I'm I think the first one's the seventh, and the okay. second one's the fourteenth. So oh, whatever right, right. that lines up. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I think I might do a thing on the thirteenth down there with some just some friends that won't you know just maybe do like some. Some uh, like a honky tonk cover night. We Ooh, throw, tend cool. to throw that together in Austin. Yeah, you know, when I'm down there. You know, have you ever been to the Broken Spoke? I have. I mean, yeah. such a trip yeah. that place. But oh, if yeah. you but if you're going for Bakersfield Sound, that place could handle it yeah. for sure. I think it's so incredible on a lot of levels that you're doing this because number one, you are already very successful in a very well known public way. You earn a great living, do this thing you're doing. So the reason to do this other project, I feel like, and tell me if I'm wrong, is like it's the love of the game. It's the love of music. It's the creative process of something. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's and it's something I go that I've over the years have sometimes struggled with, too. Like, why am I doing this? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it's when it's fun, it's really fun. Like, I love writing songs, right? I love playing guitar. I love making records. So all that stuff I'd be doing regardless. No what, yeah. You know what I mean? And the fact that I have have been able to like, you know, put like have like an outlet f- to do that for my solo stuff is yeah, of course. I mean, it's about it's because I can't not do it. And I would have figured out a way to do it at, you know, even if I wasn't successful or what whatever. It's not like a commercial success right. at all right you know what i mean no, like I, and I every really, time we go out and play yeah you know we're we're working our ass off to sell tickets which is not easy it's really hard as much as like we live in this time when you when you have this 
interesting, like sort of direct to your fans, social media thing and, and all that, which is really helpful. In some ways, it's also like really crowded. The world is very, you know, the world of music and entertainment, very mm -hmm. crowded, you know, and, and it's hard to break through the noise and, and reach people a lot of times. So things are great right now. It's gotten to a point where it's better than it's ever been. Just yeah. in, you know, like we, like I said, we sold out the show in Bakersfield. Like that never happened. It was like, it was not that long ago that I would go out, maybe I'd go out and do a couple weeks of shows and you'd be playing to almost nobody. Right. And that was a, that was where I would have those sort of internal comments. Why am I doing yeah. this? Because I'm not enjoying it. Yeah. And I'm missing my kids. And what the fuck am I doing here? Like, well, I should be not, home with my babies. Like, yeah. not, not playing in, in... But are you not enjoying it because you're... Because so few people are in the audience? Like, is it e asshole. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's ego in that uh, moment. It's not... I Like, I really get this. So I'm doing a podcast tour right now. And I very intentionally changed the kind of content that is within the tour to something that the audience has never seen before. So as mm. opposed to doing two hours of just motivating you, which I can sell out arenas, now I'm doing, hey, I'm going to tell you funny stories. Like, I, it's been a hard few years. I just want to tell funny stories. I just want to laugh. There's a little motivation in there, but it's not what you're used to. And now the audience is like, if we're really crushing it, it's 500 people. Right. But it used to be 5,000. Right. And when right. I started doing it, it was like 100 people. Yeah. And so they're definitely, I had to flip the the ego part of my brain that's like number one go back to the thing that you know people want even if it's not fulfilling to me creatively right and number two like what does this mean about me what does this mean about my career but it's a very intentional choice but it takes a while to build back up in a new area so yeah. i totally get it yeah it's it, it's an interesting thing you know i think that if you're not like sincerely enjoying yourself on stage, that that shines through, and Absolutely. you can have a brave face, and you can yippee skipper doodle, and, right. and try to like rally the crowd. But if you're not really feeling it, it they people know, yeah, whether it's For ten sure. people or ten thousand or whatever it is, you know, people can just smell that. Things got better for me performing wise. I mean, I was so awkward with with going out and playing and trying to like front a band. Yeah. And it did not come naturally. I mean, it's like I, I wanted to go do it, but I wasn't any good at it. And I would <laughs> be real tight and I'd sing terrible. And I had to figure, I had to really like ask myself why. Like what 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 is freaking me out about this? And why is it so hard for me to just relax and be myself you know it's really hard to be yourself yeah in front of a room full of people or yeah. when people stick a camera on you or whatever yep. you know what i mean and, and i i mean and it's showbiz so you're not really you know there's always a bit of like persona yeah, yeah so what did um, you come but up things with? got better for me when i dug deep and figured out like i have to and it's like the most obvious stuff in the world but i have to truly enjoy this and people are coming here to have a good time yeah they're not coming here to be miserable and unhappy, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which is, uh, like, I was always drawn to, like, performers that were kind of intense and and not real, like, happy-go-lucky or anything. But I think f the thing that works best at my own shows is is just, like, I want people to have fun. Yeah. I want people to have a couple of drinks and, yeah. you know, maybe yeah. get, their, get their groove on or what, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just more fun. It's more fun for me. Yeah. It's more fun for them. Did you identify why it felt so hard to be yourself? I mean, I think 
I've been playing guitar in bands, like I said. I mean, I've been playing guitar since I was 11 years old and playing in bands since I was 14 and and, and then ultimately had su some success being a guitar player. That's something I could do all day in just about any situation and not be stressed about yeah. like at all. Yeah. It's just very comfortable. I love it. But I had to learn to be comfortable with a microphone in front of me. Yeah. Cause, and, and I had this like... I don't know if it's imposter syndrome or what, like this feeling of like, I'm knowing that you're kind of terrible at it and thinking, you know, I mean, it's an interesting thing because when you're on stage, you can misread a crowd. You almost always misread a crowd. Mm. It's so easy to misread a crowd because you'll be up there and, you, and, and this is like something that being in punk rock bands like kind of screwed up my perception of crowds because in No Use for a Name, a good show was when the whole middle of the crowd was going crazy and it was a big pit and people yeah. were just destroying each other. And it was so hard, even like transitioning to Foo Fighters where that's not the dynamic at our yeah. shows, you know what I mean? Much less my solo thing where it's very much not the dynamic is like this thing of like if people aren't losing their shit, yep. oh, they must be, they must hate it, yeah. you know, they, they don't like what we're, you know what I mean? And you're almost always wrong because it'll be like you could have your worst, you, what you sort of what you perceive as your worst show and then that's the one that people come up to you and are like that was a, my right. favorite show. or what you know it's that like sort of overriding that insecurity in your brain is really hard to do but when you can do it and really be in the moment it's just that's that's yeah. sort of the the happy space yeah doing shows where everybody knows songs right where like you have performed the same five songs well, that's, one billion times. Now you're touching on something that's that's a really big thing. So when I go out and do my solo thing, I, I always just kind of assume a lot of the people there are curious Foo Fighter fans, which yeah. is great, but maybe they don't know the songs I'm playing. Because I'm not going out and playing like a lot of cover songs, right. and it's just songs from my records, yeah. that if you haven't listened to them, it's you, new to you. you get a very <laughs> different reaction from, from people when they're hearing something for the first time versus this is a song that... I fell in love to, or exactly. this is a song I've been listening to since I was a teenager. What you know, it's a very different thing. So that's you have to kind of gauge that. Yeah, too, yeah. Know? That you almost have this like misconception of what a, a normal audience would be because you're in this environment where everyone's singing along. The, it's such a massive audience. Right. Yeah. When you're doing a foo show versus when you're doing a solo show, do they feel different? sort of in your body like does those massive things I guess how I think of it is I could do just like you just said like this is something I could do over and over and over no problem I got the guitar here I go I don't feel those shows those big massive shows where I'm talking to a bunch of people and doing the thing I'm most well known for anywhere near as deeply as I feel the show where I'm like, holy shit, I hope I don't fuck this up. I hope I do a good job. There's 200 people out there and I don't really know what I'm doing. I feel that so much more Well, deeply. I think it's it's way more nerve wracking the smaller yeah. shows. Because you can see the whites of people's eyes. Yeah. It's, so it's different, you know what I mean? Because those big shows, yes. I mean, there's you, you touched on a couple things there. It's very different when people are there to, to sing along and they love your band and then, and then it's it's, it's almost like hard to fuck that up because yeah. because people are rooting. You know they they're gonna let things slide if you blow play the wrong chord. Nobody cares. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's it's great. You know, and those shows have an energy to them that are like fever pitch. You know, it's and it's and of course then you get into like my role is so different that that's 
a, a huge part of it too. But it's, um, yeah, to me, I'm much more nervous the smaller it is. And if I'm having to be out front and, you know, the, but, but it's, yeah, but it's exciting and it's fun. For those big shows, those are just like, you know, it's a rocket ship and you're yeah. just hanging on and it's, yeah. you know, it's, and it's great. <laughs> how is it um, afterwards? How does it feel for you afterwards? One versus the other? Um, God, that's a, they're very different. Yeah. You know, they really are very different. I mean, I, you know, at Foo Fighter shows, I'm not out there like coiling cables and breaking my gear down, you know what I mean? So, you know, that's. It's really cool that you're doing yeah. this, Chris. It's well, really cool because I think so few artists today have the courage to do something different than what people expect. It, it really, like you. I think a lot of people do. <laughs> I think there's, I don't think my, my solo, you know, it is stylistically different. But I don't think it's such a radical departure that that it. Who do you, you know that's doing it? Uh, I don't know. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I don't know. I wouldn't. But, but, I, well, no. it's a common thing for people that to that are successful in one genre to do a different genre, and people. Wait, no. Wait, you don't think a I, little bit? I think maybe. I just want to acknowledge it because I think actually most people are terrified of exactly what you're doing. Is to step out in a in a way like step out literally from behind, uh, uh, like hey, I was playing guitar over here, and now I'm gonna go be the lead singer. That's daring. That's bold. Well, you, I mean, I think it's it's good for you to Hell be yes. able to go out and fall on your face. And yes. believe you me, I've done a lot of falling on my face over the years with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, and it can, and I don't want to sit here and pretend that I'm like some the world's greatest frontman. It, it is a, it is an evolution that's always in process and oh, yeah. gets a little more comfortable every time I go out and do shows. You know what I mean? That's but, why. But I tell you, it is interesting, like to just kind of circle back to what we were talking about before. Like one of the key things that I figured out over the years is the more you can connect to the room full of people you're in front of and involve them in the show, the more comfortable it is for me, mm, ultimately. That's good. You know what I mean? Like that. that's a, a huge part of it. Like really trying to just... And that goes back, I think it was, I interviewed Amanda Shires years ago for my Walking the Floor podcast, and she quoted something that John Prine had said to her that I, I got to go back and listen to because it was really good, and I'm going to mangle it, but it was like something like, be yourself on stage, be yourself all the time, or something, something like that. And that is, the, the more, the closer you get to that idea, I think the more people feel it. Yeah. And it just it the whole thing kind of like gets yeah. more comfortable. Not just for me, but for the people in the room. Yeah. Because like, when you're on stage and you're all yes. sweaty and nervous and freaking out and your eyes are spinning, people feel that. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and then you can you can feel that that uh, it's a it's just a terrible Well it's energy. also like take the take the weight out of the room. So my teenager had to do an interview recently. He was applying for a prep school and he had to do an interview and he's really nervous. And he's like, What if I you know, what if my voice is shaking or what if they mm. can tell that I'm nervous? And I was like, buddy, say it, say it out loud. Cause it takes the air out of the fear. Yeah. Like if you're just like, I'm actually really nervous right now. If you give me a few minutes, like I'll be more normal. Even saying that in front of a microphone or getting on stage or if someone's listening to this right now and they like have a big speech that they have to make or they've got to give a presentation at work. We as humans, I think, love the vulnerability of someone saying, I'm trying something new. Yeah. I'm a little nervous. Like, 
thank you for your patience. Yeah. And then you at least now get to be more in your body in that moment as the person who's like, okay, they know, I know, we're all okay. I'm gonna yeah. move forward. With both playing and singing, it's 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 so much better. You have to be kind of relaxed to do it. For me, at my my best. And it's so hard to get there live. I love that feeling when I really feel like I'm truly relaxed, especially with singing. Because when you're nervous, you're just constantly short of breath. Yeah. And that's a killer, you know? Yeah. And just funny little things. Like I figured out at a certain point that I don't breathe when I'm playing a guitar solo. So I try to work on that too, because then you come back for that last chorus and you've got and you're not on your breath like at all. Wow. And you're starting there. And, yeah. and, and you know what I mean? And then and then your head starts spinning, you know. Oh, fuck that up. Yeah. You know? The more you think about I mean, that's I said like honestly, that's kind of what separates like like the the pros from the rest. It's not how well you play, it's how well you recover from fucking up. Ooh. You know? Yes. Because if you're thinking about the mistake you just made, then you're going to start it's tripping like on the next part, too. Yeah, you, know? you just, like, play that specific point. Yeah. Are you into, like, working out? What kind of, like, yeah. how do you take care of yourself so that you can do all of these gigs and shows and travel? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I got sober, like, you know, however long it's been, 16 years ago or something like that. Cool. Uh, and was... I wasn't like a into sports really at all. I mean, I played soccer when I was really young, but like through junior high and high school, I was not. I did not want to be healthy. You know, I wanted to be like thin and pale. <laughs> you know, stay out of the sun. But somewhere in my early adult life, I've got a pair of running shoes and just started running. Maybe towards the end of my time in San Francisco, I started boxing. I got really obsessed with boxing, Ooh. especially when and then I got sober. At one point in there, it didn't keep but i but sort of part a big part of that was was boxing for me you know it was just a place to put your energy and mm-hmm. and i i just got really into that then i started playing pickup soccer a little bit here and there um i surf i swim from time to time i kind of like i would probably be in much better shape if i just did one or two things consistently i kind of bounce around yeah. and if i'm traveling a lot then i'm just kind of going to the hotel gym or whatever yeah. and, but i i i Pretty much every day, I want to break a sweat and yeah. do something. Yeah, you know. How often are you surfing? Not often enough. Uh, not I mean, enough. I surfed yesterday. It was yeah. it was pretty small, but it was but it was it was nice out. Cool. Um, but yeah, you know, surfing is a hundred percent dependent on Mother Nature. Right, so if, right. if the swell How doesn't come, you, you know, then you're not going. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You look like a California. Like you look like <laughs> <laughs> you went surfing yesterday. That's yeah. why I asked. Yeah. Good. So are you still running? <laughs> What's like, that? Do you still run? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I Long probably run more or? than I do anything. No, just, you know, one, yeah. go out for 40 minutes or whatever. We got one of those um, Peloton running machines mm-hmm. during the pandemic. You still using it? I go back and forth. It's, yeah. I think you get a better workout on that thing yeah. than you do just running in the neighborhood. But sure. there's something about being outdoors that I just ultimately kind of prefer. Yeah. But um, but I mean, it's great. I'm, I think my wife uses it maybe a bit more than I do. But, yeah. yeah. I saw this thing the other day that I actually ended up trying. I'm a runner. I've never done it before, but it was seven minutes off, seven minutes running, three minutes walking. Ah. And the whole point was that you could you could traverse much longer distances mm. if you did that versus something else. And I ran 
10 miles, which I haven't done in so long. Mm. Normally I would do like three to four. And I was like, I'm just going to try. And the achiever in me never wants to walk during a run because I feel like, you know, quitter. But I tried it and I was like, holy shit, it really works. So something to I consider. tell you what I just got that is potentially a game changer is uh, this CBD like roll on stick. Yes. Oh yeah. My God. Yeah, yeah. Like so you can target specific yes. spots on your body. Yeah. That's I cute. don't know if that's really doing anything or not. Doesn't I've matter. I've only used it a couple times, <laughs> but it made my back feel really good. <laughs> that's awesome. Chris, yeah. this has been such a fun hang. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank yeah, you for sitting. Um, for people who are listening who want to check out the album, they want to see you on tour doing your solo stuff, like tell the audience all the places they can go to find you. Okay. Info. Let's see. So chrisshifflettmusic.com is my website. Uh, my album's coming out. It's called Lost at Sea. It comes out on October 20th. There's like a bunch of like pre-order bundles and, and junk like that. I've also, I'm fairly active on, you know, whatever, Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and all that bupkis. But um, so you can find me there. I've also got my um, my guitar sh podcast. It's called Shred with Shifty. Cool. Um, yeah, you can, if you just Google that, you'll find it somewhere. Um, and I'm just kind of peppering in solo shows here and there yeah. as, as we uh, as yeah. we. Do I want to check touring. it out. I was listening to I think what was the most recent single from this, the next album. Is it out or am I making that up? Uh, the well, the songs that we've put out so far, Damage Control. Yeah, Damage Control oh, yeah. felt like unless I'm hallucinating, I felt like Tom Petty vibes. Oh, was great! That, did that? I'll take that. Was that? Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean was that's, that the that's in the soup yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was. I yeah. was listening to it out by the pool, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is. I'm. I'm here for this." I recently interviewed Mike Campbell for my guitar show, so oh, that's not cool. out yet. Okay, but that's coming. All right, yeah. we'll look for it. Well, yeah. thank you so much for hanging, and right. um, I we're excited to see you at ACL. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash Sirius XM. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org.